it, I'm ready to do it, I can't be afraid now Put me on the stage now, I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out Bonjour, gentlemen in the house, how are you? All good, in the hood, I hope It is Wednesday, hashtag Wisdom Wednesday Hashtag Workout Wednesday Hashtag whatever you want to choose Wednesday, but today we're going to be doing a little bit of a Q&A. But the thing is, ladies and gents, for a Q&A to work well, it's a two-way thing, because I can't do answers without questions. And what I would love from you this morning, if you are tuning into this, is to get your thumbs out, give them a bit of a click, and then ask me a question. And then what I'll do is I'll get up on the screen and I'll try my best to answer it. Now, of course, this being alive, we've got to wait for people to wake up a little bit. We've got to wait for a little bit for people to ask questions. And I already preempted this. So about an hour before, what I did is I spoke to the wonderful people of Instagram, not actually Instagram, my followers on Instagram, my audience on Instagram, and I asked them some questions. So we do have some questions already to answer, which is good. So you've got plenty of time now to think and ponder, hmm, what questions am I going to ask Jamie? And if you are half asleep, this will wake you up. There we go. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna answer a few questions from the Instagram, and then what I would love is for you to comment and ask some questions. And if you don't, I'm just gonna make some questions up because you know we're not gonna, I'm not gonna be sitting here waiting for you to ask them. And there's lots of uh, wonderful people on this morning, so good morning. So the first one that we are gonna get up is from Stevie underscore G099. And what Stevie asked was, how did you train for the backward run? Uh, I'm seriously blown away by this. So. For those of you who don't know, three years ago, yesterday, I ran backwards for 24 hours. And I'll, I'll tell you the story, it's a bit of a random story. About, I think it was, it was about four years ago, I did a podcast with Ross Edgley and I told him how good I am at running backwards. It's a strange talent that, I, that I've got. I can run really fast backwards. Um, and then that kind of led into going, hmm, why don't I do a charity event where I run backwards? How, how, how far shall I run backwards? And I'd just done a charity event the year before where I'd done a 24-hour sled push. So I was like, well, why don't I run backwards for 24 hours? Or why don't I try and run 100 miles backwards, let's say. And of course, this is all crazy talk. So I was just like, well, how crazy is this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna run for 24 hours backwards. And that's where it started. It took me six months to train for it, and like any training session, I started with an hour, which was really painful, running backwards, around my local park, everyone was looking at me weird. And then I built up to two hours, to three hours, to four hours, to five hours, to six hours, and I believe the longest training session I did was seven hours running backwards. Um, really, really difficult thing to train for, because of course you've got to find somewhere to run backwards, you've got to put the hours in of getting better at it and deal with everyone looking at you funny running backwards. And 
one of the greatest hacks that I had from training for the backwards run was I had these sunglasses, which you can get on Amazon for $1.99, and they've actually got mirrors on the side. So what you can actually do is look to the, like, kind of look to your left, and you can see behind you. Now people can't see that, so they panic when you're running back because they go, Ugh, and then you just dodge around them. So your, your kind of proprioception, I think the word is, gets really good. And I got really good at running backwards, especially with these glasses on, because I could just dodge between people and everyone's like, what on, earth that uh, what on earth are you doing? Another interesting thing when you do run backwards, especially through training, is dogs look at you strange because they don't know if you're running towards them or back. So they kind of get a mad panic. And uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting where, the way that dogs look at you when you're running backwards. I actually, for training as well, did the Brighton 10K backwards. And I did the 10K there in an hour and four minutes, which is pretty good. <laughs> I was the only person on, on the Brighton 10K running backwards, and I believe I beat four people as well. So how gutting would that be, knowing that you've been beaten someone, by someone who's ran backwards? So there we go. How did I train? I built the hours up. I adapted to it. It took me six months to train for it and then went for it. Um, three years ago yesterday, which managed 109 kilometers, but the main thing was it was for charity and we raised over 21,000 pounds for a local children's charity. So thank you for your question, Steve. Uh, next question. What book have you read over and over for pleasure rather than self-development? Well, here's the thing, I take great pleasure from self-development, so I don't necessarily read for pleasure, if that makes sense. If I have a day off, um, usually on a Thursday I'll have a day off and I read, but I read self-development because I read that for pleasure, because it makes my life better and easier. So if I'm looking at the books that I've read the most, it's probably The Daily Stoic. Every single uh, evening I read The Daily Stoic, and I have done for the last three years. So this will be the end of year three of reading it every single day. Uh, so my recommendation, if, if that's what you're looking for, is The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. It's a book that I've read you know, three times over and continue because you just read a little paragraph every evening, you ponder on it and then go to sleep. So The Daily Stoic is the answer to that question. Okie dokie, thoughts? on BFR training. So let me just explain what BFR training is first. BFR stands for blood flow restriction. And how the training works is that you, let's just say you're training your biceps. What you do is you get one of those kind of tourniquet things and you tighten up the blood flow in your arm and then you have a very low weight and then you, you train with it. Now, there is science and it is proven that it is an effective training methodology. Um, however, and this is a big however, so many people jump on the hype train of locking off their arms and locking off their legs and training, when in actual fact, most people need to be focused on being consistent with their training. Because it's just like, why are you, why are you wrapping up your arms and doing that when you're only going to the gym two or three times a week? And at the moment, you know, we're in a pandemic period where most people aren't going to the gym at all. So if you are going to go back to the gym, the last thing that you're going to do is go, oh, I'm going to do some blood flow restriction training. It's like, no, no, you're just going to focus on getting back consistent with the gym and focus on slowly progressing back. So for 99% of people, there's probably no point doing BFR. If you are a bodybuilder, if you are somebody who is advanced in training, been training for 10 years and wants to try something new, Fill your boots, okay? Do look 
and research BFR if you want to add a few things in, but most people that do it, they're just doing it to get a nice video for Instagram or you know, talk about it or get some attention and just focus on consistency. That's what I'd say. So that is my thoughts. If you are an advanced trainer looking for different methodologies, then maybe introduce it. And I've tried it a few times, but the reality of people, just be consistent with the gym, just lift weights, focus on good quality form, focus on progressing, focus on getting stronger, focus on taking the muscle through the full range of movement and you won't need blood flow restriction training. Just my thoughts, however. Okay, favorite place I've traveled to. Interesting, so favorite place. I'm, I like Greece. Myself and the family, we've gone away to Greece three or four times and I just love it there. I relax well there, the food is great, I love Greek food. And the, the small Greek islands are so peaceful and calm. One of my favorite ones has been Cos, um, I really, really liked Cos, and maybe in my 50s and 60s, I'll get a little place in Greece that I'll just disappear to for like two or three months with no internet, just some books, and, uh, and, and just disappear. That sounds to me like heaven. So Greece, and I'd say another place which was just out of this world that I went to was I went for a week on a desert island in a place called Kalala Island, which is in Nicaragua. And that was an incredible experience. I, I kind of got the highest bid on it at a charity auction. And we basically had a week on this island, 22 staff, and there was only four of us on the island, myself, my wife, and another couple. And we just literally got weighted on hand and foot. This island was amazing. As I said, you got weighted on hand and foot. They fumigated the whole island every morning so there was no mosquitoes, and it was just paradise. And if you want to check it out, head on over to Google or look on Instagram and just type in Kalala Island, and uh, you'll see it. And it takes a long time to get there because you've got to travel by uh, plane to Miami, Miami, Miami to Nicaragua. Nicaragua, um, you have to got to get a little dinky plane to. Uh, a little island and then you've got to take a speedboat for two hours to get to the island. It was brilliant. And I was off social media for the entire week. They did actually have Wi-Fi on there. They'd spent like 150 grand putting Wi-Fi in on the island, but I was completely off social media for a week. So it made it even better. And the food uh, was incredible too. So Greece and Kalala Island, I would say are the most memorable places uh, and, and of course favorite places that I've traveled to. Want to start writing a journal, where do I start? So firstly, start is important. Secondly, what you're trying to do is build the habit up. And as with any habit, you've got to challenge yourself to do it for a period of time until you start to see the benefit for it. You know, some of you will want to start cold showers, but it's just not something that you just wake up and go, oh, I'm gonna start. You need to challenge yourself, you need to hold yourself accountable, and you need to do it for a period of time. So that's why a lot of people do 21 day cold shower challenges, 30 day cold shower challenges, because it normally takes a couple of weeks to see the benefits of daily cold showers. And once you start to see the benefits, it becomes easier, it becomes more of a habit, and it becomes more of a routine. When it comes to journaling, it's no different. If you say, right, I'm gonna get a journal app on my phone, you're gonna be distracted because there's lots of other things on your phone which is gonna take your attention away 
from focus journaling. What I would do is focus on getting a paper journal or, or, or a book and then setting it up in a place every single day so before you touch your phone, you have to spend five minutes doing that. And this is a great habit to do. What I would do is, firstly, I'm hoping that you don't have your mobile phone in your bedroom. And if so, it shouldn't be in there because that's the worst place that you could be. But if I was to start my journal habit, what I would do is I would have my phone on charge downstairs and on top of that phone, I would place the journal and a pen. And it's purely a forced habit then because what you're gonna do in the morning is you're gonna go and search for your phone. Your phone is in the same place, I hope, where you leave it in the evening before you go to bed. And then what I would do is on top of that, put that journal and pen. So before you can pick up your phone, the journal is there and it's, a, and it's kind of a habit hack and reminder that you need to do that journal before you check your phone. And I've done this with lots of different things. I did it with sea dips. You know, for me, the habit of dipping in the sea was easy because I go for a walk every day and that's a ingrained habit I've had for the last five years. And I happen to walk down the beach. So when I'm walking down the beach, I get reminded to jump in the sea because the sea is there. So it's an easy thing to tag along. Uh, a journal can be like that if you put the journal on top of your phone as a reminder. And I did this with stretching as well. What I did is I put a, when I had my home office, what I did is I put my mat right in front of my home office. So when I walked in there in the morning, I had a mat, I had my uh, roller and I had all my mobility things there. So in order to get to what I needed to get to, I'd have to walk over the mat and the mat, so me walking over the mat uh, served as a reminder that I want to do stretching. So hopefully that makes sense. If you want to start, firstly, you've got to have a plan, challenge yourself, and it helps to kind of hack an, a, a habit such as your mobile phone or putting it in a place which reminds you to do it on a daily basis. Uh, so I hope that helps. Okay, how, how to handle knockbacks and failure. So how have I handled knockbacks and failure over the years? Understand this, that if you haven't had any knockbacks or failure yet, you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. Because a lot of people don't have many because they don't push themselves to have them. They have a fear of that might happen so they play it safe. And that's probably the worst thing that you can do is, of course, not have them. Because you've got, to, kind of got, you've got to kind of ask yourself, why haven't I had any yet? And that will probably be why. So the reason I say that is understand that it's a natural progress for progress. So if you are dealing with failure, you get better at dealing with failure. You understand that it's a natural part of the process of success and understand that you learn with experience what not to do so you can learn what to do. And something that I said to people all the time, especially on, you know, when, when I talk, when I do speaking gigs and all of that, I say the reason why I'm up here speaking to you today is because I was terrible at it and I continued and got better. People say to me all the time, how do you get better at talking on video, Jamie? I'm like, well, I stumbled and mumbled eight years ago doing it. I hated doing it, so I forced myself to do it and I got better. And even to this day, you know, 
there are days where I don't want to do this lockdown live, but I've, been, I've committed to doing it. So it's just like, right, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. I haven't got a choice because I've committed to do it. And these are the kind of thought processes that you need in your head because you are going to have knockbacks. You are going to have no's in your life. You are going to have failures. And I've had a bunch of them, but I've been grateful for every single one because I wouldn't be where I am today had I not had them. You know, the biggest knockback that I had was eight, eight or nine years ago when I got made redundant. You know, it was the worst timing in the world. If you were to time, you know, if I was saying to myself, right, I'm going to become a personal trainer, I'd have given myself like a year to plan it out. You know, slowly transition, get qualified, start building up my first clients. No, I got made redundant. I had no money. I just had a massive mortgage, which I got accepted on, you know, in a good, you know, luckily, before I got made redundant. But also I had... <laughs> had this mortgage to pay for and no job. So it kind of forced me into follow, following my passion, rushing to become a PT, putting 16 grand on my credit card, have it, you know, doing up my own studio, borrowing my dad's bike and, and just cracking on. And I'm so grateful for that knockback because I wouldn't be where I am today had that not happened. And if I look back at all of the knockbacks and failures that I've had, they've been pinnacle moments where I've made that progression. So as much as you don't look forward to them, when they do happen, you embrace them, and then you ask yourself, what is there to learn from this? Because so many people, when they do get a failure or a knockback, they don't learn from it, and they do the same thing again and again and again. And we all know the quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So stop repeating the same patterns. So if you get a knockback, learn from it, learn what you did wrong, take responsibility for it and progress on and find another route. And if you do that, you will be immensely successful if you are patient and persistent. Boom. So that is all the Insta questions, which is great. Let's have a look at some of the Facebook ones. Um, Ahmed. Great question here, by the way. I like it. I like the, you've been, I want to send out some good vibes your way, Ahmed, because you've jumped on a couple of uh, my Q&As and you've asked some phenomenal questions. So I'm actually going to give you a bit of a, bit of a round of applause on that, Ahmed. Awesome. What's your opinion on the fake it till you make it term? I think that it's a double-edged sword. Because at the end of the day, when you start out in anything that you do, you kind of are faking it till you make it. Let me just say, for example, of this. When you become a personal trainer for the first time and you take on clients for the first time, you've never had clients in your life. You've never worked with people in your life, but you've got to start somewhere and you've got to start by working with people. And that comes down to being authentic with those people, being honest with those people, and going above and beyond and doing the best that you can do with the tools that you've got. And then you get better over time. So in a way, you are kind of faking it until you do make it, because as soon as you start getting success with clients, as soon as you start you know, feeling and getting results with people, you, you become more confident. At the same time, you could argue the other way that there are people out there that are 
saying they're doing this and saying they're doing that and not actually doing it. And that isn't being authentic, that's being, you know, a liar. You know, if you are, and here's an example, right? If I am a new personal trainer, I'm letting people, I'm, I, I know that I'm new, I'm, I'm enthusiastic, I love training, and there's a lot that I have to give. People don't always come for your information. A lot of people come for your energy. And actually, a good personal trainer, yes, we want to know that they know what they're doing, but we want to know that they care. We want to know that they're there for us and they're supporting us because that's a massive part of the journey of fat loss. When it comes to any kind of coaching, it's, it's having a level of expertise, but it's also having a level of communication with people and the ability to do it. If I, however, am on Instagram, driving around with a rented Lamborghini, holding loads of wads of cash, saying to you that I can help you um, become a six-figure entrepreneur in, in 60 days' time, then you're full of shit, especially if you're about 22, 23 years of age. And that is kind of faking it till you make it because some of those people, unfortunately, do make it because a lot of people give them the money and you only need one or two people to get results to promote those people and, and, and go into it. Um, so, it's a, see what I mean by it's a double-edged sword. When it comes to your own self, understand that a lot of the time you are going to be faking it till you make it, but there is a right and a wrong process of faking it until you make it. And experience teaches a lot. That's not to say that you can't have a level of intelligence. One of my favorite films is Goodwill Hunting. Okay, so a lot of you might not know Goodwill Hunting, but I'll give you the, the, the quick of it. Matt Damon, genius, maths genius, and uh, he's also you know, been brought up in a rough neighborhood. So he's always getting in trouble, but he's also a genius. And he ends up working at this maths college because he ends up solving all these maths equations on the board and people wondering what they are. He's a gifted person, and the trouble is he had behavior problems. And whenever he goes to see a psychologist, he just ends up you know, tricking them. And then, what? long story short, Robin Williams is a psychologist and he was in the same neighborhood as um, Will, who played Matt Damon. And the relationship between them two was that he's trying to help him become the person that he's supposed to be. There's a scene in, the guard, in, this, um, in this park where literally Matt Damon's, ripping, Matt Damon's ripping into Robin Williams in his office and they speak to him in the park and basically saying, you're a very intelligent person. You know everything, you've read all the books, but have you experienced it? It's like, you could talk to me about um, Vincent van Gogh, but have you seen his painting in the Louvre in France? And what he mainly was talking about is, you can read all the books, you can absorb all the information, but until you start applying it, visiting it, experiencing it and feeling it, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because, there's lots of things that you not only need to know, but you need to apply. And once you apply them, that's when you get the true knowledge. And it comes back to this thing, knowing and not doing is the same as not knowing. There's a reason for that, because we need to get both knowledge and experience together to be able to you know, give value to people. Because it's all very good regurgitating a quote from a book, 
but there's a big difference between really understanding that quote and living it. There's a massive difference when I say practice what you preach. It's a nice little quote, but if I'm not actually doing it in real life, then you are faking it. And I won't ever tell people to do stuff that I wouldn't happily do myself, or I do myself. And if I don't do it myself, I'll go and find somebody or recommend somebody who does. And that to me is a true expert because you don't know everything, but you know somebody who will know and you are happy and confident to refer that person out. So uh, great question, Ahmed. Long, long response, and I apologize. Hannah, what's the easiest way to add subtitles to your videos? I can manually type it on Reels Instagram, but if it's a longer video, uh, it would take forever. So I'm gonna actually whack in a, something that I use and it is called veed.io, okay, veed.io. You can upload your videos, you press one button and it creates the subtitles. The subtitles, of course, depending on how well you speak, are about 80 to 90% correct. You do need to go over them and just tweak them a little bit, but it's pretty good. You know, I would normally take a long time to do subtitles on my phone, manually putting them in, but Veed, you know, a, a one minute video might take me 15, 20 minutes, but a one minute video on Veed will maybe take me a minute. So Veed.io is the thing that I use and recommend. Uh, Crystal, five milligrams of creatine daily is across the board, but it has been said that five milligrams before workout, five milligram post is needed. That five milligram post workout is needed to replace the creatine used during the workout. Is there any validity to this? I think one of the things that people get confused about is how creatine works, okay? And it's not about replacing creatine stores, okay? It's not something that I tell people to focus on. One of the visual representations that I have is imagine this cup, okay? Let me just... Uh, move your question out of the way. Right, for those of you who are listening to this on podcast, I'm just showing a cup. Imagine this cup, and imagine this is creatine. And imagine that creatine doesn't work until this cup is filled up, okay? So I put five grams in a day, that's five grams. Is, am I gonna work the creatine? No, five grams. Okay, a bit more, five grams. Five grams, five grams, this is every day five grams, five grams. And what we're essentially waiting to do is for this to be filled up. And until this is filled up, we're not gonna be able to utilize what we're doing effectively. This cup is your muscle cells. And this water, slash the creatine, is saturating the muscle cells. So once your muscle cells are fully saturated, i.e. the mug is completely full, only then are we gonna see the benefits from creatine. So whether you take the pre-workout or post-workout, it doesn't really matter because what we're caring about is filling up the cup. And this is why we say you can take five grams a day for 30 days to five weeks, or you can take 20 grams a day for seven days to load it. Because essentially, imagine this is the creatine, instead of having a little bit each day, we end up loading a lot each day so the cup fills up quicker. It doesn't take five weeks to fill the cup up, it takes seven days. So the thing that we're looking at is how long does it take to fill up the cup so we can start using it? And once the cup is full, it's easy to keep on top, which is why we focus on five grams a day. 
hopefully that makes sense. But this is why I don't say to people, when should I have creatine, pre-workout or post-workout? It's like, well, your cup's not fill, full yet, so it doesn't really matter. Let's just focus on the habit of taking five grams of creatine a day so we can saturate the muscle cells so we can start seeing the benefits from creatine. And that's only from a muscle building perspective. There's lots of other benefits of taking creatine, of course, uh, beyond uh, muscle building. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Cool. Right, ladies and gents. Um, lots, of, lots of questions, lots of answers, and hopefully that was beneficial. Short and sharp today on the Lockdown Live. Hopefully I answered as many of your questions as possible. And for those of you that didn't, I'm going to be back tomorrow, 9.30, and I'll do my best to answer some more then. That is it from me, ladies and gents. Have a fantastic day, and I'll speak to you soon. Adios, amigo. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top.